Welcome to Meet Your Funeral Celebrant. My name is Tony Piper, and in each episode of this podcast, I'll be talking with a funeral celebrant. As well as getting to know them and exploring their approach to funerals, each guest will also share some useful tips. I hope this helps you find the right celebrant for you so you can create a good send-off. So let's begin. This episode, I'm delighted to be talking to Chris Courtney. Chris is based in Wendover in Buckinghamshire and has been a funeral celebrant since 2015. By way of interesting facts, Chris used to narrate audiobooks. Hi, Chris. Welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you here. Hello, Tony. Thank you for that. I, I, I actually still narrate audiobooks. Oh, <laughs> even better. Yes, yeah. That, that's, that's really interesting. And I think we might explore a bit of that later on. Totally good. Why don't you fill in some of the gaps and just tell us a bit more about you? Uh, okay, so yeah, my name's my name's Chris Courtney. I, I tend to use Christopher Courtney Celebrant for my business name, but it's a bit of a mouthful. So whenever I meet people, I do say Chris is fine. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so as you say, I've been a funeral celebrant since 2015. Uh, previous to that, I spent uh, well over 20 years working in um, mainly the addiction section, criminal justice, that sort of thing. So I worked with um, people who... who uh, uh, we're suffering from addiction, so heroin addiction, crack addiction, street drinkers, that sort of thing. Okay. Um, yeah, and uh, I was made redundant in 20, 2010 um, due to various cuts that were happening at the time, as we all know about. And um, that came the opportunity for me to make a reassessment of what I wanted to do. And, um, and this was where it led me to. How did it lead you to becoming a funeral celebrant? Um. That's a really difficult question because uh, th- 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 there's, I guess a lot of people will, uh, you, you may have spoken to a lot of celebrants and a lot of celebrants will quite rightly tell you that um, becoming a celebrant is a bit of a calling and it, and it kind of is. And, and, and I feel that too. Um, so I, throughout my career in um, the addiction services, etc., cetera, I, I worked with a lot of vulnerable people um and part of the nature of that job was there were a lot of um deaths as you can imagine um yeah. which therefore led me to ending up working uh, going to lots of people's funerals um and you may have heard this from other celebrants too i witnessed a lot of funerals that were very good i also witnessed a lot of funerals that were very bad so was that you attending funerals as part of your job attending funerals as part of your job i mean i mean part of the job is is that you do build relationships with these vulnerable people sure um and their families um so uh, it, yes it was attending the funeral as part of their job as part of my job but it was also attending the funeral as as someone who was a part of that person's life sure um and as i say working with those families i what i also saw um quite often is that when some of the funerals that weren't conducted or delivered or prepared that well i felt um that may have been due to a difficulty in understanding how that person had had come to that point in their life right um, such as addiction and 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 that was difficult for their families to um, deal with in terms of sort of uh, prejudices and any judgment that they felt was upon them yeah, so, it doesn't make sense. Lots of stigma. You know, it's, it's yeah. usually, I guess, somebody who is younger. 
Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Generally, usually someone who's younger, <clears throat> um, but that doesn't preclude um, anyone. Of you course. Know, ad addiction is is classless, really. Is, of course. Is classless and ageless, and uh, you know, addiction is the one thing that doesn't have any judgment on who you are. It will. Um, yeah. It's going to grip you. It will grip you. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, um, and but but um, so getting back to I guess why why I became a celebrant, I did see that. I I, I also have um i also like to perform um in um amateur um theater companies and things like that so uh, my public speaking i always considered very good okay I, I think somewhat naively before i got into becoming a celebrant um and, and i think maybe a lot of people possibly think this is 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 well i i can stand up in front of people and, and talk so i'll be great at the job huh. That's 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 a very very small part of the um, of of the work. Uh, so yeah, you know, I, because then there's the composing of a whole ceremony, um, getting the right atmosphere and the feel right. Yeah. Um, but and the big part as well um, for me is is the meeting with the families, particularly at what is a very vulnerable point in their lives, yes. and being able to take that it, it, you know it, it's, it's a very responsible position to be in when you're invited into someone's house as a stranger when they're feeling particularly vulnerable yeah um and you have to take that responsibility with care i think and and and, and make sure that your responses and your behavior to those people is 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 appropriate but also um it, it it's also enables a Safe, a safety um yeah. a safe environment for those people um so so it, it's a massive you know it is a massive job it's not just about sort of uh, standing up in front of people and and delivering the the, the service that's the end product is it? yeah for sure so above all what's important to you about being a funeral celebrant um for me uh, i you know we, we there are various ceremonies that are important in uh our lives um i would argue that the funeral ceremony is the most important the irony being that the actual person who the ceremony is about is not there yeah um depending on your your beliefs your values or ethics and things like that but it, it, that that is kind of the irony so so for me of course uh, i think everybody deserves the very best um funeral ceremony that is possible um, for, for them to have <clears throat> and for the family those that are left behind right. um, for them to have um, regardless of who they are and I guess this comes back to you know my 20 years of working with those uh, in society who are more vulnerable who are more marginalized um, and seeing a lot of injustice within their lives etc yeah um, you, you know we all know that death is a great leveler but everybody should have equal access to the very best funeral and that's what I, you know that's what drives me that's what um makes me want to be the best funeral celebrant i can for everybody right that's great what do you love most about the job then what do i love most about the job i i i, I mean I, it, there, there's all the different facets to it and and now i suppose you could you could fairly in, in, in a fairly simple way, break it down into three. One is the 
the, the the time spent uh, building a relationship with the family of the person who's died. Um, so, so that is one area that I enjoy. That's that's also one area that I I, I really um, particularly because of my sort of background with, with my work is, is that I feel that I am particularly good at. Yeah. Um, a lot of my a lot of feedback I get from my clients tends to be um along the ilk of uh, you know you looked after us so well you, you control us you were very understanding you right. you seem to get how we were feeling that those sort of sentences are, are quite often given back so that's that's one bit that i really enjoyed the the one of the other parts is is the writing i've always enjoyed writing so being able to sit on my own and just get completely immersed in uh what that funeral is going to be, what that ceremony is going to be is great. And I enjoy standing up and, um, and, and delivering that to, to, to people, to groups of people. So one bit that I particularly enjoy, I, I guess overall it would be the being able to build a relationship with people who are feeling perhaps quite vulnerable and being able to, from the basis of building that relationship, reassure them and make what is a difficult time more bearable for them. That's right. what I get a lot of satisfaction from. <clears throat> mm, I can imagine. Mm, yeah. So what's your most useful skill then? Is it the relationship building? I think it is. I've discovered it's, it's, it's one of my most useful skills. The more I've, uh, the more time's gone on and the, and the longer I've, I've been a celebrant. Um, I, I do feel as if I can, you know, read a room. And, and you do have to be able to read a room when you go in to see a family. You do have to understand where they're at, possibly even at what stage in their grief they're at. Sure. Um, whether even, you know, you know, whether they need very careful hand-holding or, or whether, you know, even such things like, you know, maybe a, a, a bits of humour would assist them yeah. forward in in the in the process um but one of my very strong skills without a doubt is is the delivery um uh, and that goes hand in hand i guess with the audiobook um works yes. as well so it, it you know I, I i i was trained with the national youth theater years ago so part okay. of you know part of that is 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 using my voice being able to use that um in in ways that get a particular message across in the right way so that is Right. I wouldn't say one of my big strengths, yeah. Mm. So the big question, and <clears throat> let's think about it through the um, from the needs of um, bereaved people who have um, become bereaved through addiction, perhaps. Um, you know, what makes a good funeral for people in this situation? What, what is the work that needs to be done and, and what are the ways that you can do it? I think, first of all, that the, the the first thing that has to happen is 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 a, a complete, full and very deep understanding of both the person who has died and the life they lived, the type of person they were, not not necessarily um, actions that they did or work that they did or or schooling that they did or things like that but yeah. the, the the real nub of of the person who they were and sometimes particularly when it's 
you know, when I was working, you know, if, if you if someone has died from, uh, you know, did suffer from addiction, particularly, we talk about uh, as we're talking about. Sometimes that overshadows everything else. Yeah, and there are some real gems of personality, character, and drive that that person had, which have been consumed mm. by this, you know, addiction. And sometimes the family can't see that as well. Yeah. Um. So it is about really getting down to to who that person was, what made that person a person, and what and 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 everybody's got everybody has um positive and useful um traits about them um, yes but it so so <clears throat> a good funeral needs to under a, it, it needs to portray who that person is the essence of a person mm-hmm. you know. um a good funeral yes i think you know if there are any wishes of the person who's died then try and fulfill those as, as much as possible but it's also about the wishes of the people that are left behind yeah and if uh we're having a, a a slight focus on families of people who have died in in what might be considered more tragic circumstances such as addiction and things like that then sometimes families seem feel overlooked by society judged by society now that may or may not be true quite often it is true but sometimes there's a, a deep sense of paranoia that comes yeah with that do they feel as if we're not worth this they, they start to feel we're not worth this we're not you know we're not worth the best that the best can get yeah. and i think a good funeral is, is about ensuring that they understand that they are worth that and yeah. the person who died is and was worth that and that the funeral should um, encapsulate that. <clears throat> in terms of what what makes a, a good funeral, in, in that case, uh, uh, th- there's no one specific answer to that because the best funeral will be specific to that person and their family and loved mm. ones, which will be different for everybody. Of course. How will you know when you've created a good funeral? Or delivered a good, or enabled a good funeral to happen. Do you know? What? Initially, it's it's feedback with families. You know, I, I mean, I, I always I always work very closely with with the, the you know the one or two members of the family who who are mm-hmm. arranging the funeral to ensure that they're happy with absolutely every single word that's going to be said. Yeah. Um. So, so that, that's kind of an easy sort of. Uh, uh, marker for, for for a good funeral is if they're happy but yep. and this is this is an intangible tony really it's sometimes it's just a feeling what i tend what i like to do is after discussing um the type of ceremony the family want discussing the person who's died and everything about them like i explained before and yep. uh, and also going through music choices uh, choices of readings, choices of poems and things like that. When, when I'm bring, pulling it all together, I tend to listen to the music that's been chosen mm-hmm. uh, as I write it um, so I can get myself in the zone, if you like. Um, and as I say, so this, it's an intangible, really. Sometimes it's a feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's and I, I know when I've got it right. I know when it's 
when the funeral is, is it's the right pitch it's the right tone um and 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 as I say, because it's intangible, it's difficult to describe what that is. There'll be lots of celebrants that will listen to this that will understand exactly what <laughs> I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, and it's, it, you know, I <clears throat> I think uh, along with, I, I guess, coinciding with the, when I talked earlier about the the feedback I get from families, a lot of what I get is, you know, how how well I looked after the family, how well I cared for them, how well I took control so that they and made things more bearable. But the other thing that quite often um, is <clears throat> comes up quite often in, in, in feedback from families is that the word pitch and tone, the two words pitch and tone, mm. like quite a lot. You know, people said you pitched it quite right. The tone was absolutely perfect for, yeah. for so-and-so. Now, you, you know, different people have said that, you know, people have said that for a 17 year old, people have said that for a, a, an 86 year old. So clearly those two funerals will have been very, very different. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, you know, separate families have said in those separate instances, you know, the pitch was right. The tone was right. It was right for that. So it, it is a feeling. And as I say, there will be celebrants or listen to this that will, we, we will understand absolutely what it means when you, the, the intangible feeling of I've got it. I know it. And that's when I know I finished the ceremony. That's when I know that things that, that I can go ahead with it because it's the best for that particular person who's died and for that particular family and loved ones around them. Great. And uh, and thinking about knowing when the funeral is is finished. You know, have you got any thoughts on, you know, closing words that sort of you know, we've had the committal where we've um, said goodbye to the person and maybe there's some symbolism around that person then moving on or their body moving on to a different place but you know, right at the end when all of that's done and we're about to leave the um, the chapel or wherever else the ceremony is happen- happening what thoughts have you got on how we send people forth in a way that um, is is helpful to them I guess this is quite important to me, Tony. The the, the closing words. Um, obviously, it's all important, but you know, we 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 each you know have our own sort of uh, parts of a, of, a, of a funeral that we feel are maybe you know should have a bit of more of a highlight on them. I think the closing words for me um, should. It's diff- it's best to, I feel that it's best for families or for loved ones and for everyone who's at that particular ceremony to walk away feeling uh, feeling content as, or at least as content as they can. <clears throat> now that can be brought about in a number of different ways. What I quite often say to the families, uh, there's lots of questions that I ask families about lots of different parts of the ceremony and, and obviously the practical stuff. We talk about music, we talk about readings, we talk about things like that. Now, when we get to the closing words, before I write the closing words, and I don't, I, I'll, A, on a practical level, say, you know, what would you prefer to call them um, in the order of service, for example? Would you like to call them just closing words? Would you like to call them words of comfort? Would you mm-hmm. like to perhaps call it hope for the future? Would you... Um, and, and so that's a practical issue that they maybe would like to put in the perhaps order of service. But what I also ask those that I'm meeting, the, the family that I'm with, is 
I say, how do you want to feel when you walk out of that chapel? Ooh, what a great question. It's a really... It, and it's you mean a, we have a choice, Chris? Yes, choice. We have a choice? Of course you do. And, 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 oh. and, and I would... And, and I try to say to the family, don't, don't tell me how you think you will feel yeah. when you walk out of that chapel at the end of that ceremony. Tell me how you want to feel at the end of that ceremony when you walk out of that chapel. And I will do everything I can with my words and obviously with the delivery, but it's got to come from the words. That's where it grows from to ensure that both the family and the wider, the, the, the bulk of the mourners feel that way. Yeah. It's a, it's a really tricky question that to, to ask people who are grieving and tricky for them to answer. It's very tricky <laughs> for them to answer, but sometimes how could I feel yeah. sometimes when people are sometimes their response is, or how they can, or sometimes how they can't respond to it gives me what I need to know yeah. in order to write the, the appropriate words. Now, the other thing that I, I also am really keen on is at weddings, in a wedding ceremony, quite often the celebrant, the, the minister, whoever is, is doing with the, the wedding will, will um, uh, ask if the congregation uh, the group of people there, um, will you support this couple? You know, we, we yeah. want a, a public um, acknowledgement of support for this couple as they go on to their, go on in their journey in, in life together in marriage, which is great. I think that's a lovely part yeah. of wedding ceremony. I really do. You rarely hear any, any group of mourners being asked to publicly yeah agree not they don't have to publicly agree verbally I, I i i don't think i've ever asked a whole group of mourners to say yes we will but but i'd sometimes add in words that will say pay particular you know look after each other etc be mindful of each other but please pay particular care and fairly often if it's appropriate for the family i will name who people should pay particular care yeah. in i mean days weeks months yeah because that's not often done in a in a funeral and yet that is one of the tasks of being at a funeral is to show that you are there not just for the person who has died but for the people who are left behind yes and it, yeah and but it, it's very easy for us in our in our, our very fast moving society to attend the funeral and and, and subconsciously or even consciously think well, that box is mentally done. Dead. Yeah, done. Yeah, move on. <clears throat> and it's yeah. like, well, okay, but there's lots of there's people. Here. And, and as a celebrant, that is my job done. Yeah, I, I, I don't. You know, it's not it's not appropriate for me, and and I don't, and I wouldn't provide anything like any type of aftercare for a family. Um, so, so I, I do try and sincerely ensure. Um, that there is, that, that people at least consider ongoing support for those that might need it more. And, and one of the ways that I, I, as the celebrant, who, as I say, you know, once the ceremony's over, I go home. Yeah. Um, and not in their grief. I'm not in their grief. So, so I'd like to do everything as I can as the celebrant to make sure that they go off it, feeling as safe 
in their grief as possible. Yeah. And the best way of doing that is by right from the beginning, initially finding out from them how they want to feel yeah. in an ideal world, I say sometimes. Oh. And it's difficult for people to answer. What sort of answers do they give? Quite often it's, I don't know. And we perhaps discuss it, um, a little bit more. Sometimes I will say, um, how you've, how have you felt, um, when you've been to someone else's funeral whereby the person who's died hasn't been closer to you? How have you wanted, um, the wife of that person or the husband of that person to feel? Um, and, and it, it's, it's about, it, it, coming at it you know from from different different sides and I, i'm very open it's not it's not a, a, about why i'm asking those questions um but and, and sometimes i will have to f um offer suggestions mm. do you want to feel comforted do you want to feel hopeful or or do you do you just want to feel as if you're glad it's over yeah do you want to feel as if you need to move on? Do you want to tick that box, as it were? You know, as we were saying, I know we were saying about ticking that box, but do you want to feel as if you've ticked a box? Yeah, some kind of liminal threshold that yeah. they're crossing in their grief. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, it is very different um, uh, for, for, for lots of people how they answer that question. And as I say, sometimes people can't answer it. But it seems to me that even giving them the space and the permission to even think about that is just so important and i'm absolutely inspired by this i think well that's good yeah. again it, <coughs> I, it, it does tend to surprise families I mean, yeah. I, i've done it so many times now but because of course i know it's coming yeah <laughs> when, when i'm talking to a family but but they don't and yeah and, and it does tend to you know it, it, it is the most difficult oddly enough it is the most difficult question i yeah it seems to be the most difficult question to ask with a family. Um, when I meet with them, I do tend to, but I even say, let's do the easy stuff first. Have you thought about, um, music? Have you thought about how you want to go into the chapel? Have you, you know, practical stuff. And then we build up, you know, and, and, and that does tend to be one of the last questions I ask. And, and sometimes I'll ask that question and I'm out the door in 10 minutes because they've been very clear about what they want. Yeah. Sometimes I ask that question and it opens up so much yeah. that I'm with that family for another hour. Yeah. Well, and I can imagine because, you know, this is the first time really that somebody's explored with them, you know, their life after the funeral. I mean, all of the, you know, when somebody dies, we're just in um, trying to be in doing mode to get everything done and make sure everybody knows and we've got the place and the time and we've made all those decisions that we don't want to make. Mm -hmm. And actually to sort of conversationally fast forward people to, okay, the committal's happened and you're walking out the chapel, how do you want to feel? Yeah, that might be the first time they've ever thought about it. It's, it, it's difficult. I've, I, it, I've just as we're sort of talking, I'm thinking of an example. When I... I and, um, because we we are focusing a little bit on working with you know addictions and or other difficulties like that, there was a family of uh, uh, an alcoholic, um, and when I turned up, uh, he died, um, and it was through his drinking. Yeah. Uh, when I turned up, uh, I knocked on the door and door opened. I said, "Hello, my name's Chris," and um, I didn't get a hello. I got right. um, 
uh, the the um, the partner of the person who died said, "Oh right, I warn you now. I am effing angry, yeah. so this is not going to go well." Right. That that that, that was the start. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I spent about two and a half hours there in the end, and uh, and and it it was it was it was fine. But um, when I did eventually get to the question, how do you want to feel when you leave the chapel? How yeah. how, how ideally would you want to ask that question? She said, I don't know how I want to feel, but I know I don't want to feel cross. Right. So, the, you know, so, so as quite often people don't know how they want to feel, but in her case, she knew how she didn't. Yeah. Feel. So, so in that situation, I, uh, my closing words were about focusing on, uh, it, it was a mixture of, Teasing out, I mean, the, the whole ceremony sort of threaded through this anyway because of that, but it teasing out the positives yeah. and remembering the good, um, but also having an understanding of of why yeah. and, 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 and you know, that, that fault is not a good thing and blame is not a good thing and, yeah. blah, 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 and all that sort of stuff. So, so that was, as you can imagine, very useful for me, even though she didn't tell me how she wanted to feel. She was very clear about how she did not. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems to me that you're doing such valuable grief work alongside this. You know, you're not just um, standing up and being the master of ceremonies, if you like. You you're actually are moving people from one place to the next place where they need to be. Yes. I mean, that's the ideal, that... <clears throat> That we could do that now as a celebrant i would never suggest that i am uh, in any way counseling sure. um anyone uh or providing any grief or bereavement counseling at all mm. at all you know i i'm yeah. I, I, very um uh clear on signposting sure. a lot of people over the years to um to, to the, the professionals on that um but the ceremony is the vehicle mm. We, the, the ceremony has got to be it's the formal albeit um albeit it can be very personal but it's the formal vehicle um which i hope moves people through their grief in the safest way possible for them and and for, for each person that's different as you know tony you know grief is a very personal thing it's very absolutely there's no rules you know absolutely yeah and it's you know, it's having the, t the tools and skills as a celebrant to be able to show up in a way for each person that you're working with in a way that's right for them. Yes. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I think we, as celebrants, we have to adapt. Mm. Um, we yeah. have to be able to adapt. We have to be able to understand where that person is at their particular point in time and, and to respond to them in the way that's safest for them. Yes. People are at a very vulnerable point in their lives. Um, in addition to any other insecurities or vulnerabilities that people might have, particularly if their loved one has died through addictions, which may have been related to misdemeanors or even illegalities, yeah. then, th then a person who is grieving is vulnerable and insecure anyway. Yeah. Those vulnerabilities, insecurities will be even more heightened. And I think it's important as a celebrant to reassure them that there is no judgment and to make sure and reassure them that they are safe to talk yeah. um, through these things to ensure that they get 
the ceremony that is that is just you know a ceremony that is just as good and just as um important for them as anyone yeah whether it's the queen or their um you know that their loved one who may have died unfortunately through uh something as, as horrible as addiction yeah <clears throat> wow a lot to think about there is, <laughs> there really is. Um, is is there anything that um you know bereaved people might tend to worry about that actually maybe they don't need to worry about in your experience because you know for many people it's the first time that they've they've had to organize a funeral and when it's you know the grief is compounded by some degree of um extra sort of vulnerability for example is there, is there stuff that that once people know that something's okay that they don't need to sort of spend any more time on it yeah, I mean, I, I do tend to find, and, and, and other celebrants will 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 get this too, is that um, that a lot of people do tend to worry about detail. But then yeah. part of that is is about being in grief. You know, focusing focusing on something can sometimes take away actual having to worry about the, the actual feelings that are going on. So people do tend to worry about. You know, well, what about the? You know, will the music be played at the right time, and and will the, and, and and things like that? Which, of course, as a celebrant, that's we're, we're there to deal with all. Of that. Yeah, but also it gives us a sense of control, right? In a, in a time when we're, you know, a lot of stuff isn't in our control. <laughs> it does, and and part you know part part of the part of being a good celebrant is is to be able to recognise what you know which type of people need little bits of control and which type of people need you to take everything off them yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because sometimes you can take everything off someone and think you're doing the right thing as, mm. a, as a celebrant and they're lost yeah and you think well actually they need they need to have some control over they've got work to do right you know the, yeah yeah they want to do yeah. that whether it's you know organizational stuff or things in in the ceremony whether that's speaking or carrying or whatever it is you know you you can't totally outsource your role in a funeral as a bereaved person yeah 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 absolutely <laughs> you really can't um and yeah there's 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 a lot to be said in future podcasts about uh, <laughs> how you help people take back some of the stuff that that really if they do it it would be much more helpful to them yes yeah yeah (laughs) that's another episode i suppose yes (laughs) um but look that that's all very interesting um what was your most unusual funeral chris most unusual funeral i haven't had many massively i mean i'm not i I won't give you um i won't i i won't you know any ones of natural burial grounds and things like that 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 maybe the wider public might think are unusual and mm-hmm. which are actually not that unusual but but for me the unusual ones are more about the um the inter- i guess that the, the human interaction or the human or or how we as humans respond to certain things so there was one particularly but there was a, a, a chap who loved loved guinness absolutely loved it um, so I said to the um, family, I said, "Well, why don't we why don't we pour a pint of Guinness, and everyone toast to him, and we'll we'll pour a pint of Guinness and and we'll pop it on on top of the coffin." Yeah. Can we do that, Chris? It, that's oh. such 
you know, can we do that is, is a question that... Permission, is, permission, permission. Yes. Celebrants will, will if they listen to this, will, will, will say, God, the amount of times families said, are we allowed to do Every that? podcast, Chris, every podcast, yeah, yeah. can we do this? Are we allowed? Families constantly, are we allowed to do that? Yes, of course, you're allowed yeah. to do whatever you want, yeah. pretty much. Mm. Um, but I, there was one recently that I, uh, I met with the family. Uh, in fact, it was the daughter. First thing she told me was that... Uh, this gentleman uh, wasn't a very nice chap. Okay. Um, but, and, 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 and it was quite clear there was a bit of, it was very difficult to write the ceremony because um, there were other people that were putting in, um, th- there were two other people doing tributes to uh, two grandchildren doing tributes. And it was clear from their tributes that they were very diplomatically written, shall I say. Right. Um, what was not said <laughs> what was not said was was glaring yeah, yeah. it was it was very um yeah it was echoing uh, uh, throughout the words massively um but the uh what should we say the the drama and the um uh, the spectacle of the funeral was 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 as if it was a highly revered duke huh. We had a single, a lone bugler playing the last post. The chap was in, um, uh, uh, spent some time in um, the RAF. Uh-huh. Um, there were uh, four limousines behind the hearse, and there were lots and lots of, of people that it that were there, and it it was it was just very 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 lavish. Um, the, the readings that were chosen, one was a Dylan Thomas, one was a Shakespeare. Um, and it it was very much all for show, but the atmosphere, which I I guess as, as the celebrant is, is partly down to my job to have created, but I, I couldn't, it was difficult for me to, as much as I put in, I never liked to lie in a ceremony. Um, but it's also very difficult to write a ceremony for someone who's clearly not liked. Yeah, wasn't liked. But the and the atmosphere between all of the mourners was. I, I can't even. It was palpable, but not in in any tangible way that yeah. I could. It was, it was it was bizarre. It was very bizarre. But for me, it was very. It, it showed that we as humans, what we can do to paper over the cracks, as it were. Yes, and it felt a bit of a shame, really, in, in, in a lot of ways. But um, but it was it was done for a reason, and that that I, I'm not sure what that reason was. Whether it was for show, whether it was for keeping up appearances, mm. ours is not to question, right? No, of course not. Of course, yeah. not. I, that's exactly what they wanted. And the feedback yeah. uh, that I got from her was was you know we thought everything was perfect. The ceremony we brought it all together perfectly. I, I kind of knew. That's what the, the the response to the question, by the way, the, the question of how do you want to feel when you um, leave the chapel? The response to that was satisfied. Mm. Yeah, Which what kind of satisfied? Yeah, yeah, that's an odd odd one, isn't it? Yeah, what, what kind of satisfied? Just satisfied that it was uh, an appropriate job, well done. There you are. Yeah, that, that that's the tone we're going for. All the trimmings. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. 
What was your, what was your most challenging funeral? Uh, the most challenging was probably I, I fairly often uh, get given. Uh, so quite often people will say um, I'm doing a reading or I'm doing a tribute or so-and-so is doing something or granddaughter is reading or son is or wife is or husband is. And that's fine. But quite often I've had to step in and, and rescue yeah. uh, for want of a better word. Support. Emotion gets too much support. Yeah, let's go with that. Um so, so, so that's fine. And, and quite often some people have, have read letters that they've written to the person who's died. Yeah. But they, I uh, arrived at a family um, who there's a, the wife, the, per, the chap who died, and the son and the daughter. Yeah. They'd each written letters, which they each didn't want the other to see. Oh. But, and all three of them said... There's no way we're getting up to read them out. Yeah. So I was reading them on their behalf. Now, it, A, what a privilege to be given these letters. Now, the wife's letter, I was re- she, she gave me a letter that was showing her vulnerability. It was written that she'd written at 3.30 a.m. She'd woke up at 3.30 a.m. Yeah. and was writing to her husband who died. Um, the son had written a letter about, to his dad about how he, how he, how he, the, the, the burden of responsibility was on him, but he'd been taught well, etc. The daughter had written a letter to her dad that was just, it was almost, the letter was, was vibrating with emotion. Yeah. But only the daughter of a dad who have a incredibly special bond. Yeah. Um, it, it was it, it was they, all three letters were so emotionally charged in three different ways yeah. the wife because of writing a, a very personal letter to her soulmate the daughter the dad and daughter relationship son's letter very much um a, from from son to father and how father to son and 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 it, and, and they, they asked <clears throat> me to read those letters out to the um to all of the mourners, and there yeah. were, I mean, it, the, the chapel was packed. People standing at the back. This yeah. man was clearly very loved. Yeah. And yeah, I think I I struggled with 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 that, not outwardly, um, but inwardly. I reading those letters. It, it, it was the point in the in the ceremony when I read those letters. Uh, there were two points. It was it was when I was reading those letters that I, I don't think anyone else noticed, but I I had to pause just gather myself yeah um i hope they look like dramatic pauses <laughs> um uh but also at the end because of the emotion and because of, of all of that and and because as we've talked about i'm i'm very closing words are, are very close to my heart anyway are very important to me i'd written the words that i'd written about a son who'd um who'd lost his father and, and felt the burden of responsibility, a daughter who'd lost the first man she ever loved, a wife who has lost the, uh, you know, her soulmate. And, um, yeah, I, I struggled with that. And again, mm. had to, had to, you know, it was, a, it was a fairly deep breath to, mm-hmm. to push through that. That was probably, 
that's probably one of the hardest ones. And that's that's where the treasure is, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. But that's where the privilege is as well. Yeah. Tony. Yeah. And I know, you know, some people say, yeah, I love my job. Uh, some people say I'm privileged to have the job I have. Mm. And I say that a lot. Mm-hmm. And and I, I worry that the more I say it, the, 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 the less um, believable it will be. But I, I can't say it enough. It, like I say, that, 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 that those, particularly those moments, you know, and sitting in the car after that particular service, of the, that is the privilege. That is the privilege to be able to um, do that, to look after these people and um, hopefully make, and it, and it was actually um, the, the, the wife who uh, I recently had a, um, an email from her where her words were, she said, um, you have a special, Chris, you have a special gift of making a very, very sad day a bit more bearable and that's that's all i you that's know what it's that, about that's that's what it's all about that's that, you know it, that that was just it's such a, a great thing to receive well chris i think i could i could probably talk to you for literally for hours about all of this i mean it's been really wonderful exploring um who you know getting to know you and exploring how you go about things and particularly learning um some insights about how you know, working with uh, vulnerable people um, can bring its own special challenges, but also its massive rewards. Um, is there one piece of advice that you have for anyone who's organising a funeral right now? Don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to ask. Yeah. Don't, I, I said, you know, and, and as other celebrants will have said to you, but the, the question that are we allowed to do that? Usually the answer is yes. Don't be, don't be afraid to ask. Um, anything that you want that's very very helpful advice thanks so much Chris look it's been great to speak with you Um, uh, and for me it's a real privilege to speak to a celebrant like you so thank you so much and good luck with all you do thank you very much Tony take care cheers